0: From your local Houston BMW Center studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth, and today we are going to be talking about eco-friendly tips. You know, Earth Day um, was um, it was a couple of weeks ago uh, that we celebrated, and um, we have to take care of our planet. I mean, if we don't, it's going to be to our very own demise. And uh, on the phone this morning, I have Green Living Expert and CEO and founder of Good Girl Gone Green. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Stephanie Warham to the show. Good morning. How are you?
1: Thank you. I'm great. Thank you for having me.
0: I'm I'm so glad to talk to you because this is um, now is the time. For us as human beings on this earth to literally clean up our act uh, internally as, as an individual and this great place we call earth, which is our home. Um, good Girl Gone Green. I love the title. I was like, oh, she must be a Rihanna fan. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, are you a Rihanna fan? Uh, no, no, really. okay. No. Okay. 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 <laughs> I thought that maybe like the, the inspiration would, you know, might've came. Cause I think that was the uh, title of one of her albums anyway. So tell us, how did you get into, um, green living?
1: Um, so it was probably about 11 years ago and, uh, we were, I was living in Augusta, Georgia with my husband. We had no kids and we were watching the, the documentary food Inc. Mm. and if you have not watched it or anyone in listening has not watched it, I recommend it. It'll just open your eyes up to our food system. So we were watching that movie and I just kind of decided like, I need to change the way I eat. And I feel like once you start going down one
2: rabbit hole,
1: (laughs) rabbit hole, yes, (laughs) one rabbit hole, uh, you go down all the rabbit holes. So it started for food with me, and then it moved on to um, the products I was using and buying. So I had not long not long after that was pregnant with my daughter. So I started questioning all the things that parents are bombarded with to buy that we don't actually need. And so I, it just kind of started there and started questioning. You know, like I said, food products. How products are made, what are the ingredients in products? what are the different toxic chemicals in products? Um, you know, and just started composting and recycling more. and and then I started my blog, Good Girl Gone Green, and started educating people and sharing with people how I live sustainably as a new mom at the time and over the course of the 11 years, how I continue to live that way and grow. And, you know, I tell people there's different colors of green, right? There's the light green and the mid green where we're just getting started. And mm-hmm. I'm sort of all the way at the other side of almost black, uh, oh, <laughs> wow. You're like the yeah. dark, dark green.
0: Yeah.
1: But um, that's kind of how I got started.
0: That's amazing. I think, um... That's probably how it starts for a lot of people. You get one little piece of information or wonder about something like, hmm, and then you just keep going and going and going. Uh, I myself on that very same um, path (laughs) right now. And the first thing that opened my eyes to how uh, these corporations and food companies over here uh, poison us I'm just going to call it what it is, how they poison <laughs> us uh, through these foods. I was like, yo, what is the agenda here? And what it was was I, uh, there was a side by side of the ingredients of um, Quaker oatmeal. It had the one that was produced and sold in America and the one that is produced and sold over in the UK. The ingredients for the ones over in the UK just had steel oats the ingredients on the one in America had steel oats with about seven other chemicals that I cannot pronounce uh-huh. that was also in the oatmeal that was born in, made here in America. And I'm just like, what is, what is really going on here? Two different companies, same company, same company, different countries, one, they just get the pure still oats. The other one gets the still oats and the trash. I, and I was just like, okay. And that made me like start to reevaluate everything and start looking at the ingredients on everything. And Stephanie, right now, like I, I've been my own case study for about a year since I've had um, my spiritual awakening. And what I have discovered. Is me just eating fruits and vegetables, especially my dark green leaves like kale and things like that? Like, I, I have never felt better. I have so much more energy. Um, you know, eating this meat and dairy, it just, it had me feeling another kind of way. And um, I think that a lot of people are slowly waking up and realizing, like, yo, I really don't need this because especially once you get to know how we're made up you know genetically as humans and that we are earth i mean we when you when you look at everything on a human being's body you could see the same thing in a tree even on the leaf in a rock in the water like it's we've been duped this entire time (laughs) i mean yeah what say you
1: I just think that you know we all enter into the sustainability world a different way and mine was like similar to yours it was food and it's reading those food labels it's you know if you want to continue to eat that product with those ingredients then do so but I think a lot of people don't even know what's in their food and they just blindly eat it because they're trusting the large corporations or when it comes to clothing or products we're buying, we're all blindly everyone, but a huge portion of the population, we just think it's on the shelf, it has to be safe. Right. It's on the shelf so the you know, there can't be anything in the baby clothing that would hurt my children. There's nothing in that food that could hurt my children. There's nothing – a corporation or a business would never put an ingredient in a cleaning product that would hurt our children when that's false.
0: (laughs) Right. I mean, let's let's look at – let's just look at baby formula. Mm -hmm. Like now that I'm here, I'm like, yo, it is called formula. (laughs) They had to formulate a whole bunch of things into this to – give this child, this infant, allegedly, the nutrition that it needs when it could just get on its own mother's breast and, you know, have the best (laughs) nutrition ever. But no, formula? Like, come on. mm. So (laughs) so what are some, Stephanie, what are some tips that the everyday person who was looking to go green, like what's some easy little small things that they can do to start their journey?
1: I think it comes down to consumption, how Mm -hmm. much we're consuming. Mm -hmm. So whether that's food, whether it's products we're buying, um, whatever it is, it's just consuming less, you know, and kind of think, do I need that? Um, And when it comes to consumption, it's for me personally, and what I recommend to people is try to, not stay away from but look at your option when it comes to buying products do you always have to buy new no. is there something at home that you can use that'll do the job with the new product you're trying to buy so if you love flowers and you want to you buy some fresh flowers and you want a vase to put them in do you have glass containers at home that you can use instead of going out to buy a new one So it's always for me, like when it comes to consumption, look at what you already have at home and see if there's, there's something you can use instead. And then if you do need to go buy something, are there thrift stores? Are there secondhand stores that you can buy that product that is, you know, gently used before buying that product new? So I think a lot of us consume a lot. And if we could just slow down our consumption (laughs) of buying new things all the time, um, I think that would go a long way when it comes to sustainability. Use what you already have and then thrift and buy secondhand before buying new. And I'm not saying we shouldn't buy anything new. I buy new stuff. Um it's just being conscious and mindful of and the stuff yeah, you are buying
0: and being practical because i mean let's let's be honest and let's face it. I mean, with the hyperinflation that is going on, um mm-hmm. it <laughs> you need to recycle and reuse um some things that you already have because this is just it's getting out of hand. Um, I think this food shortage that they keep talking about um, is definitely manufactured. Um, when it comes to gardening, I've mm-hmm. been in some spaces uh, where people are starting their own gardening, uh, be it, you know, at, at the house, a little indoor gardening with um, with one of those uh, container tubs or um, whatever. But I'm also hearing about of uh, folks not being able to get um, the seeds, like something like there being a problem with the seeds. Um, are you familiar with this whole seed uh, thing, something about, I don't know if it's called like heritage seeds or something that is, I don't know if it's illegal or not here that um, a person cannot have these, I think the term was heritage seeds. Are you familiar with this?
1: I'm talking about like big corporations like that Monsanto, Monsanto owns the seeds and you cannot spread, you cannot sell the seeds anywhere. That would be. Um, what I would maybe assume that you're talking about, so okay. like Monsanto owns seeds, right? Mm-hmm. And they're genetically modified, and then farmers um, use these seeds, but then they can only use those seeds.
2: Yes, and that is so, yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, and they can't share them, <laughs> and they can only use um, the Monsanto seeds. So basically, these farms are owned by Monsanto, um, but they wouldn't generally be sold in stores. Um, it would be to farmers to grow genetically modified foods. So um, I'm
0: glad perfect vegetable. segue into um, <laughs> the next thing I want to talk about. Bill Gates buying up all of the farmland uh, in this country. <laughs> I, it's like 19 states. Uh, he is now Bill Gates is now the largest farmland owner in the country listen, listen, yeah, I hear you. I hear, I hear the chuckle, man. What is that all about? Like, what are we really doing?
1: I don't know. I just think, I think it's weird that he would want to buy all these farms and like, what is his intent behind wanting to own all these farms? Is he like, you know, is he, you know, besties with like Monsanto? (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't know what his intent is. I just find it weird that he would buy all these farms. Like, is he buying these farms? Because he wants to um, kind of lower, um, you know, I, I don't know what I was going to say, but like, you know, there's a lot of people that can't afford food. So is he buying this to help people that can't afford food, which he's not making money off that. So I don't know if he would actually be doing that, but it's weird. To me, it's weird that he would be buying all these Right. Farms.
0: Yeah.
2: Like it's
1: it's like questioning it. Like why? Absolutely. The backstory behind that.
0: Right. And and, and that was my thing. Everybody was all up in arms about Elon Musk buying Twitter for forty four billion dollars. But but folks are crickets on Bill Gates buying up all this farmland in 19 (laughs) states. Like we got yeah. <laughs> we gotta shift our priority. You're listening to the Public Affairs Podcast. We're talking to uh, Stephanie Morum, green living expert and CEO and founder of Good Girl Gone Green as we continue to celebrate um Earth Day. What are some fun things that, since you're you're a mother, I'm sure that you work um out with your kids, um going out in the garden, outside, planning, doing uh, whatever, what can parents do with their kids to make it fun and also doing something good for the planet?
1: Um, I think it's just getting them involved in whatever it is that you're doing. So if it's gardening, just kind of give them a some sort of tool and just like let them have fun and not make it about perfection. So if you were have a raised bed gardens, we have four of them. Um, And we're going to start setting them up and, you know, I'll get my kids involved and they're probably not going to do it the way I want them to do it, but it's just getting them involved and literally getting their hands dirty (laughs) Um, and just being part of the process. Right. So getting your kids involved, if they're part of it, they're more likely to want to follow it. So if they're helping you to grow food, they're going to want to eat it because they're going to be proud of that. Um, And anything for green living, like if they're part of the process of, you want them to use a reusable water bottle. If they get to pick their own, they're going to want to use it because Mm. they picked it. Or if it's something else, if they're part of it, they're more likely to use it. So for us, um, I try to buy as much ethical and sustainable clothing as possible. Like that's what we buy when we buy new. And then we also thrift. So I got my daughter into thrifting because she is part of the process. We go thrifting together. And now it's a fun activity we do together. And she loves thrifting because she knows she can get more clothing <laughs> than if we buy ethical clothing, but she's part of it. I, you know, I didn't necessarily force her to want to buy secondhand. Maybe when she was young, I did, I was like "You're wearing secondhand, but now that she's a bit older, she's part of that process. So whatever you're trying to do with your kids, when it comes to sustainability, just make them part of that process, make them part of the activity So they want to continue doing that. And I wanted to add, because you were talking about gardening and seeds, Mm -hmm. it's also to regrow what you already bought. So you can regrow Mm. lettuce. You can regrow, you can take the seeds out of peppers and use those as your seeds instead of buying pepper seeds. Mm. Um, You can regrow celery so there's lots of fruits and vegetables that you can regrow that you don't actually have to go in and buy the seeds. Mm-hmm. So you're saving a little bit of money that Even way. a potato,
0: as well. right? Can't you take a, uh, right? potato? And yeah. an onion. And, oh, and an onion too.
1: Yeah. You can grow an onion. Yep. Man. Onions, um, green onions. Um, I'm growing some Swiss char right now <laughs> in a bowl <laughs> in my house. Um, and it's regrowing and lettuce is is pretty simple to regrow as well.
0: Nice. Um before I let you go, um we got to <laughs> talk about the real big enemy against uh the planet and that is plastic. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let me tell you, I got rid of everything plastic, Stephanie. Everything plastic that was in my kitchen is no longer. I'm either using um glass um or kind of like, you know, whatever the plates are made out of. I don't know if that's a form of porcelain or what, but I've gotten rid of all of the plastic.
1: Yeah, I think it's, a lot of it is like that single-use plastic. So it's the Ziploc bags, it's the single-use water bottles, all stuff that is being created for the purpose of using it once. And that is what's causing such a problem with plastic is because they put a, someone puts a snack in a Ziploc bag and then throws it in the trash when we can come full circle back to the beginning is like to use what you already have. So if you have a box of Ziploc bags, like, you know, you got rid of all your plastic. I got rid of all my plastic when I got started um, for multiple reasons. Um, But the average person might not be in a position to throw out what they already have. So if you have a bag, a box, excuse me, of Ziploc bags, use them, use them until you don't have them anymore. And, keep reusing them, wash them. When I get a Ziploc bag from somebody, I wash them and I use them for kids' crafts and stuff. Um, And then once you no longer have that disposable item anymore that you bought, then go on to the reusable. Look at getting cloth bags, look at getting silicone bags to replace those Ziploc bags. And so when it comes to plastic, it's just trying to avoid the single use plastic as much as possible. Because again, it was created to use once, (laughs) you know, we want to be living in a sustainable world. It's reusing what we have over and over again, so you can no longer use that product. And so water bottle companies are laughing all the way to the bank because they're like, yeah, you use that bottle once, you got to buy more, right? Versus I have a stainless steel water bottle that I've had for 10 years, and I just fill it with water from my water, like from my tap with the water filter.
0: Yeah, I went to to TJ Maxx and bought the the glass um, bottles, the glass water bottles with the the little clip tip at the top with the red thing around it. Yeah, 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 I bought a bunch of those. And so I pour my water in there and drink it out of there. Like, yeah, I've gotten rid of all of that. So glass if you can, people.
1: Oh, yeah, glass, definitely. And it's, you know, if you buy stuff in glass jars, like, peanut butter or almond butter and you buy in glass even Mm -hmm. if you buy it in plastic but if you're buying it in glass keep those jars yeah i am never buying a drinking glass again Again, in my life
0: i've got so many mason jars this is crazy (laughs)
1: exactly my husband's like are you opening up a store or something (laughs)
0: like
2: (laughs) not
1: yet not yet (laughs) um but i reuse them for so many things you know i go to the store and i'll buy food in bulk you know at refill stations instead of buying nuts and seeds and plastic i go to a store that offers refills like whole foods has a whole bulk section and you go there and i bring my own jars and i buy my almonds and my nuts and my seeds and whatever else but i'm using my own jars i'm not buying a new jar and then i'm not buying something wrapped in plastic so you end up saving money because when you buy almond butter you're also paying for that jar right almond butter
0: yep yep Good Girl Gone Green. Log on to the website goodgirlgonegreen.com dot com. That's green dot com. Stephanie Morham, living expert, CEO of Good Girl Green. Good Girl Gone Green. Thank you so much for your time <laughs> and sharing your scholarship uh, and everything. And where can people follow you on on social media?
1: Um, I'm on Instagram mostly. It's this is Stephanie Morham. And I also have um, a Green Living podcast, if anyone is also interested. It's called Green Junkie, um, Mm -hmm. where I share more tips and tricks on how to live a little more green as well.
0: Indeed. Thank you so much for your time, and y'all go follow her. Uh, Stephanie Moron, we appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: And for everyone listening to the podcast, we'll be right back after this. From your local Houston BMW Center studios, welcome back to the Public Affairs podcast addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth, welcoming back to the podcast. She was on back in February, I want to
3: say, Kamika, was that it? Yeah, yeah, I think it was around February.
0: Yeah, she was on back in February um, telling us all about the Boss Network and the great work that they have been doing and... Uh, to announce the SAGE Investment in Progress grant that uh, three women were going to get this year. And uh, she is back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, Kamika Smith, founder of The Boss Network. You How it. you been?
3: Oh, listen, I've been good, and that's 35 women entrepreneurs. 35?
0: Oh, you know, yes, I, I misread we that. My apologies. 35. Yeah, yeah, there was yeah, a dash. Yeah. My, Listen, it's it's amazing. Thirty-five awardees for this age. Yeah, we originally doing
3: twenty-five, and we increased it to thirty-five because we had over twelve thousand applications.
0: Man, that man, that's amazing. So let's so let's go back because um, you know maybe some might have missed that episode, um, weren't familiar. You you know, you gotta you gotta repeat things to folks. Uh, these days. Please tell us about the Boss Network and um, how you founded uh, this incredible business organization.
3: Thank you so much. Absolutely. So, you know, um, my journey started back in 2009. You know, I was a former educator with Chicago Public Schools and, you know, entrepreneurship had always been a part of my life. I had a business that I started maybe five, five years prior and so, you know, but it was like, you know, most of us, it it's like kind of like a side hustle. You know, you have a full-time job and you have a business. You're doing it more as like a side hustle to just kind of like, you know, make extra money or just kind of, you know, follow your passion. Um, but I was laid off. And so, you know, when I got laid off, it was kind of like, oh, wow, well, this isn't the American dream. I, I, th- I thought, you know, I, thought I was going to, you know, retire with a gold watch. But, um, yeah, <laughs> it was a different plan. And so I was like, okay, now it's time for me to take my destiny into my own hands. And I was like, maybe I'll just look at this entrepreneurship thing, you know, full-time, um, you know, And it, honestly for me, I, I don't think I was exiting out of my career. I was more so taking a break because um, I had been working since I was like, a, f- f- as far as I can remember, about 14 years old. So I really wanted to kind of just pursue my, my passion with entrepreneurship, kind of see how it would work out and really just take a year off. It was more so for me, you know, to take a year off to kind of pursue my dreams. But then I thought I was going to go back to work, but I just never did because mm-hmm. the boss network, it took off, you know, so quickly And 13 years later, we reach over 200,000 women nationally within the organization. And we are the largest digital platform for black women entrepreneurs across the country.
0: Nothing to scoff at. (laughs) Nothing to scoff at. So um, when you were going through that um, transition, um, if Mm. you will, were, were you struggling with going back to what you came from before?
3: As far as my career, um, you know what, I I wasn't struggling, and and the only reason I wasn't struggling was because, you know, I had a plan. I was going to take a year off to pursue my passion, you know, and honestly more so just to kind of have a little bit of freedom, you know, how it is in black communities, raised by a single mom. So we work really young, trying to help our parents out. And, you know, I just was like, okay, I want to be like the others. I want to take me a a year off and, you know. (laughs) Just see what it what it's like to just do, you know, just do a little bit of your passion. And so the plan was to always go like back to work, um, but I just saw this huge open market for, um, you know, a platform to support entrepreneurial women because as I was building my business, I just was trying to find resources and it was just, you know, not readily available. So I had to do a lot of research. Chicago, the city that I live in, is very segregated. So, you know, I had to kind of go to different, you know, communities to kind of seek out help and support. And what I saw was, you know, my counterparts really having events and, you know, they're having conferences and they're doing all these different things to support, you know, each other and their businesses. And I was like, why don't we have this in our community? You know, why aren't we as black women and black men, you know, creating these spaces where we can come together and collaborate and support each other, share our resources. And that's, you know, really what I set out to do was just to create a platform where we could talk about, you know, the different challenges that we had as entrepreneurs and then share our resources because, as you know, we all, all all know something. We might not be a master of everything, but we know a little bit of something. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like if we can all share those insights with each other, then we can really help each other grow. And that's how the BossaWord.org was born. Um, and it literally just took off from there. So it, it wasn't something that I planned to do long term. It was just it was a need, and I mm-hmm. filled it. And, and you know, and the people they came.
0: And listen, from uh, what's the line of that movie? Uh, if you build it, they will come.
3: They will come. And you Absolutely. And
0: you, you saw a need and you fulfilled it. That is, I mean, mm-hmm. all of the success stories in business that I've heard so far, especially within the last five to seven years. Oh yeah. These women, they saw a need and they fulfilled it, and now they're doing just amazing. And so, you all had the uh, 2022 Sage. Investment in Progress grants to support Black women in their first five years of business. How many women ended up uh, applying for this grant? Well,
3: so... We were blown away, to be honest, because we knew there was a need. You know, the studies show that less than 1% of black women entrepreneurs get access to VC capital. And we already know the challenges we face with traditional loans through banks, right? And then we saw what happened with the PPP loans and us missing out <laughs> on those first loans you know so so many challenges right so many things that you know when you have as roadblocks so i mean i knew that there was a need in sage as a company they understood the value um, as a lot of companies i'm sure you saw all the emails and the, the press releases going out of all the companies saying how they wanted to invest in the black community and yeah. they wanted to support yeah. you know and so i'm just like okay well put your money where your mouth is you know like we're, we're talking about this so i'm actually a community that has, does this work let's work together and i just did not see that follow up. I and will so be honest, stage, though,
0: Kamika. I was, yeah. Once seeing that, I was just like, okay, well, now in such and and in such a rush, like, like y'all just you know bombarding no, the boy, stage like with move. this, like, what's really going on PR after move. all this time? And now y'all want exactly. to do it, and then y'all coming in droves, like. And, so the um, the pessimistic Everybody part of me statement. was like, what is the agenda here that all of y'all are rushing oh, yeah. to, to help us so bad? But well,
3: it's a PR yeah. agenda, you know. It's always publicity, right? You right. know, and so. You know, we had all the situations that were going on around George Floyd, and there was just like this racial climate that was, you know, just heavy, and people were trying to combat that with good press, you know, and so it, it it was a good timing, and so of course, as an entrepreneur, I felt like, well, I've been doing this for 30, 13 years, and I've been knocking on these same doors of mm-hmm. these Fortune 100 companies that's talking about these statements, and I'm saying like, wait a minute, you just told me no last year, you right. know? And so, um, I was I was confused, but I also know that there's moments, right? Yeah. And we as Black people, we have to learn how to take advantage of the moment, yeah. because the reality is the system is not set up for us to win, but we got to find a way to win win regardless. So I didn't get my panties in a bunch. I said, okay, well now we're talking about it, let me bring my seat to the table and let me see how I can benefit from this to help my community. I'm not gonna get upset about what was not done in the past, what why the agenda is being what it is right now. Give me the money. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. let me help my people and that's what I set out to do. And you know, a lot of it was lip service, but you know, companies like Sage who I've been working with since twenty fourteen really understood, you know, because they had already been investing in the Boss Network. So, they understood the, the value of me launching this fund and making it a bigger ask. So, it's like, now I'm not asking for a six-figure, you know, deal to help bring resources to my community. Now, I need, you know, a million plus dollars so that I can actually invest in these women. And they were the first one to invest that 1.5 million in my $10 million, you know, fund that, I'm, that I launched. So, you know, it really is a matter of, looking at the moment and seeing how you can leverage that moment for what you're trying to do.
0: Indeed. Um, Tell us what the Sage uh, invest in progress grant uh, does for these black women entrepreneurs.
3: Yeah. So, uh, so like you said before, we had over 15,000 women that applied. 12,000 plus women actually completed their applications. And from that that 12,000. I just thought about that. Like, yo, that is wild. That is wild, right? Yeah, yeah. And Sage was so gracious to say, wow, we're just overwhelmed at the amount of people that need this support in a month, 30 days. The grant was only open for 30 days. And they gave us 10 more grants. I mean, they wanted to do more, of course, but, you know, we just thought that, wow, how awesome is that for them to even boss up? You know, when you have these big companies that are doing, you know, 10 grants here and, you know, they could do so much more, you mm-hmm. know, them saying that we want to start off with 25. And then because we see there's a huge, you know, need, we're going to even increase by adding 10 more. So that just shows that their commitment to diversity and knocking down barriers for black and brown people are It's real, you know, it's not lip service, and that's why I value my partnership with Sage. They have been amazing partners since 2014, and, you know, they're not even one of the biggest corporations out there, you know, um, but they have major impact. And so this Sage Invest in Progress grant, we gave each of those women a $10,000 grant for their business as well as a full-year scholarship to our Boss Business University. Mm -hmm. We know that it's not just about the money, right? People need support. They need resources. They need coaching. They need mentorship. And so within the Boss Business University, they get all those things. And so they have access to all of our resources, all of our coaching, mentoring for a full year. And so we're really helping these women boss up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like a one-stop shop for yes. black women entrepreneurs and especially and, and that last component that you said like that is the important part. Okay, yeah. Okay, I got the capital, I got the money. But, you know, I I'm new to this. I I need somebody to, you know, guide me along the way. So you mm-hmm. are offering the mentors um for the, that is just It's just amazing. I'm over here tingling. Uh, You're listening to the Public Affairs Podcast. We're talking to Kamika Smith, award winning entrepreneur and founder of The Boss Network, which is an online community of professional and entrepreneurial women. Um, This is a follow up interview today because uh, back in February, when Kamika was on, she was telling us about uh, the Sage Invest in Progress grant and uh, was getting the word out there, as you just heard, you know, 12,000 twelve thousand applied. Mm. Um and, and the Sage, uh the Sage Foundation, they have stepped up and bossed up, as Kamika said, to show um their support. And so she is back with a great progress report. So when the time came, like what was the how were you feeling? And then what was the reaction to uh the ladies who got the grant?
3: Oh my goodness. So we did a you know, first of all we had to hire an amazing partner to help us go through 12,000 applications to get to our 35 winners. And it was tough because you can imagine these women are incredibly gifted, you know, and just, you know, just visionaries with their business ideas. And so we really had to look at, you know, what are we looking for, you know, within the, these businesses? We wanted businesses that were going to have an impact on the community that was really doing stuff that was beyond themselves, you know, yeah. um, that so that when we invest in them, their investment will help other people, right? And then we wanted businesses that were very clear on how they're going to use the funding, right? Because money is a mindset. You know, we're not looking to give people $10,000 so they can go buy a, you know, Chanel bag. You know, we wanted people who were serious because, you know, the accountability is there, but we really are trusting you to do what you say you want to do as far as growing your business. And, you know, just really understanding the value of the mentorship, right? Not just taking the money and running with it, but saying, hey, I want to actually you know, sign up for these coaching programs and be a part of the mentoring, the training. I want to be engaged so I can really, really thrive and scale my business. Because getting started is the first part. But scaling, that's the real, that's the real work.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and and this Boss Impact Fund, is, that's what y'all focus on though, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's all about how to scale and grow your business. And so most of the women that we work with, they are in the first five years of business, but they have already put some, what we call, you know, sweat equity into their business, right? They already have built their websites. They already have customers. They already have, you know, a a social media presence. They're not, you know, 100% where they want to be, but they have already put some skin in the game. And those are the women that we really wanted to invest in and help them take it to the next level.
0: Yeah, that's dope. You know, I'm sitting here thinking you would have been great. I uh, hosted a, uh, since April was, uh, Financial Literacy Month, we here at Radio 1 Houston and in Radio 1 Dallas teamed up with Veritex Community Bank and they were doing these Funding Your Future um, series on Facebook and YouTube Live that I was uh, the host and moderator for. And uh, oh, wow. it was every Thursday in April and this last one uh, that we did, it had to do with um, women in business. And oh, wow. uh, so it was all women's panel and uh, you know business owners and, and whatnot. And man you would have been amazing i have to keep you in my yeah for the next time when they when they do this cuz they do it twice a year and then i'm always like the host of it and so and and they've always done a women in business um panel it.
2: Um, yeah
0: so yeah i definitely got to get you on because you oh my gosh just what you're doing now you know in chicago and and beyond is is so helpful like if I yeah. was a woman in business, I would be like, man, like this would be my girl for life because, you know, yeah. there's not a lot of people that are offering that knowledge yeah. to help someone that's just starting out and and, and the ups and downs and, and the bumps that you're going to have. And just so, man. Well,
3: this is what I needed as an entrepreneur. You know, people... Right. You have to remember, I'm still a small business, right? I'm just a small business that decided to boss up and invest in other small businesses. And that's what we have to do, right? Someone asked me, you know, a long time ago, you know, do you see any change or how do we get companies to invest in small businesses of color? And my thing is we have to be the ones to invest in us. You know, what is that saying? Be the change that you want to see in the world. You know, once we get to a certain level, we got to look back and reach back and bring someone else up. And if we keep doing that, then we will see changes in our community. And that's what I did, you know, back in 2010, Black Enterprise, and a company called The Cash Flow, gave me a $10, $10,000 grant for my business. Mm-hmm. And that literally gave me the confidence to push forward with the Boss Network. But then it also, you know, showed me that what I was doing was valuable. And I just told myself, when I get the chance to boss up, I'm going to invest in some Black women as well. And so it's just about paying it forward, you know, and that's what I told every single woman that we invested in. When I had my conversations with them one-on-one, I said, Hey, you know, we invested in you all. Um, I invested in you all. So I hope that when you get to the, to the day where you have a thriving business that you will reach back and you will invest in someone as well. And and that's how we do it.
0: Indeed. And, and that is how you pay it forward. So um, since your goal uh, for the boss impact fund for the next three years, to uh, raise investment funding for five hundred plus Black women entrepreneurs, where about where where are we on the and and, and in my mind I have that um, <laughs> that board that be uh, at church when they doing the, uh, the church building fund oh, the
3: building um, fund <laughs> you know and they
0: had that temperature like and, yes. and how it gets up so right. so so yeah. where on the building fund since you got this goal for the next three years to raise these uh investment funds for these ladies um where are we now on the building fund page <laughs>
3: Well, we just launched the grant program in January, right? So, you know, I had a, a goal of over the next three years to to raise capital for 500 women. So um, we just launched in January. We've already invested in 35 black businesses. And then we just got an approval to do a grant next year in South Africa
2: because mm. we had so
3: many women from South Africa that wanted to apply. Mm-hmm. And these are our black sisters and brothers as well. And so, you know, to be able to see that success with that first round of grants, um, we now, in addition to the three years that we have committed, so we will be able to invest in over a hundred women just with a sage grant, and we are now going to be launching a South Africa grant. And then my goal is to partner with other corporations. So if other companies are out there, big Fortune 100 companies that want to work with the Boss Network, want to invest in this fund, give us a call, shoot us an email, because this goal for 500, it's real. And we know that those 500 will impact so many more. And the great thing also is that we we offered was all these women that applied, we offered them access to the mentoring and the coaching through our Boss Business University. So these women that applied, we're even investing in them Mm. with the support, even though they didn't get the funding. So I mean, I'm already at 12,000 plus.
0: Right. <laughs> we love <laughs> to see it. And 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 I want to just invite you back whenever for just continuous progress reports because I like this, to
3: bring one of the winner, one of the winners back too so you can hear directly from one of them. Yeah, yeah awesome.
0: absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yes, we're going to do we're going to do all that because I I believe what what you're doing is just it's everything. I can't even think of an adjective to describe. Oh, I appreciate um, that. What you're doing, you're, you you definitely understand the assignment, uh, and you are yeah. using <laughs> your powers and your gifts to absolutely to to lift others up, and that's what it's all about. Uh, any final words? Final thoughts?
3: Oh my goodness! This is Mother's Day, so let me give a shout out to my mom, and let me tell you the thing about that that's so beautiful, right? Um, I lost my mom two months ago Mm. during this process. Mm. And it was probably one of the most challenging things I've ever had to face. But I told myself, you know, that I still have a why. You know, my mother was my biggest fan. She was my biggest supporter. She was a person who instilled in me, you know, to serve. She was a pastor. She was a, a leader in our community. And so I took everything that she instilled in me, and that gave me the strength to move forward, because I knew it's not just about me, it's about all these women that I've started to serve, and I can't give up now because the going is tough. And so I just want to encourage women that even through the challenges, we have to remember our why, and we have to continue on, because, you know, our life should be about blessing others, and, you know, that's how we, you know, do well, and that's how we can live a life that is worth living. So, yes, happy Mother's Day to all the beautiful mothers. hmm
0: And I'm going to leave it right there. Kamika Smith, award-winning entrepreneur and founder of The Boss Network, thank you so much for your time and for those powerful words that you just uh, shared and expressed. I appreciate you.
3: Thank you so much. I appreciate you as well.
0: And for everyone listening to the podcast, on behalf of Uncle Funky Larry Jones, I'm Kate G. Smooth, and we will see you next week.